0: Hi, I'm Chris McBrien, a Gen Xer, and the pop culture from my generation is awesome.
1: And I'm Yance Eaton, a millennial, and the pop culture from my generation is dope. Episode 63, 2017, In Memoriam. <laughs>
0: Hey, Chris McBride here. This is Pop Goes Your World. I'm with Yancey Eaton. Yancey, this isn't one of our favorite topics to mention this week. I know that.
1: Nope, it is not. Um, why don't, I don't even know what else to say. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we, were just talk, we were
0: talking before we came on and we're like, you know what? This is not our favorite topic to do. You know, we got to talk about, about, you know, we'll look back on the people that we lost in the last year. But it is something that we've done in the past. So we decided to do it again this time. Uh, it's never easy to say goodbye to some of our favorite pop culture icons, you know, for lack of a better word. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think it's, it's important to talk about them, you know, and especially for me, I always like talking about some of the lesser lights, you know, and like, I'm sure we'll touch on some big names tonight, but I also like to touch base on some of the, like I say, the, some of the lesser lights, you know, actors and, you know, musicians and things like that, that just meant something to me. But, uh, mm-hmm. but before we get started, I did want to give a little shout out here. Um, I did a guest appearance on another podcast this week. Yancey, sorry, I didn't mean to go behind your back on another show. Uh, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I, actually, you, you were busy, uh, as you know. Um So I just want to give a shout out to uh, Perry and Lindsay Johnson. So they do a show called the Pod Stuff Podcast. And what they do is they interview and re- they interview other podcasters and they review other podcasts. And they're just basically the reason why they're doing what they're doing is to just try and promote other podcasters. And I just thought it was really cool. And I had connected with them through social media and then they invited me to come on the show. So I recorded it last night. I will uh, send things out on Twitter, you know, um, as to when that show comes out. I don't, it hasn't been released yet, but, uh, you know, you can go over there and hear me talk. The, the other thing is, though, I did want to give them a shout out because it's not just that show. They do another show and they started a, this podcast a couple of years ago. And you talk about like an interesting concept. It's called Hello Life WTF. And it started with them basically talking about marital issues and things like that and deciding to kind of just kind of work their way through their personal problems through through by turning on a microphone and talking about it and mm-hmm. they record it as a show and it's That's just, brave it, it's, i know <laughs> isn't that something but it's one of those things that that takes bravery like you say but it's also where other people can step up and listen to it and go hey wow i'm going through kind of the same thing like that you know, I just I think it's an incredible show. So it's called Hello Life. WTF, Perry and Lindsey Johnson. Anyone out there, give it a chance. Give it a listen. It's a very very interesting show. And while you're at it, look up the Pod Stuff podcast, and you can listen to dear old me talking. Actually, you know what? Maybe just skip that because you don't want to hear me anymore. But uh, <laughs> anyway, are you ready to get into our 2017 look back year in memoriam?
1: Uh, just really quickly, I just yeah. wanted to touch base on a couple things I was getting into. Oh, yeah, um, sure. we, we we talked about Blade Runner, if you recall, in a past episode. Yep. Uh, I think k man was actually on that episode. I finally got to see the new Blade Runner 2049. Um, my wife bought it for me in 4K, so I kind of own it forever. Nice. And uh, it was fantastic. It was very, very fantastic. I, I would implore you to kind of, I don't know, maybe watch it at some point because I do think it's really, really awesome. It's true to the original, which I knew you weren't high on, but I absolutely loved it. Also, another thing that I've mentioned multiple times in the past on this show is uh, the Netflix sh- uh, series Black Mirror. Season four came out. Mm-hmm. It is fantastic. There's only a couple of episodes, but it's amazing. And uh, we're, what, four or five days into the new year. And um, on my second book of the year, my – you know, I read a lot, Chris. I It's one thing that I, I just do every day. It's a non-negotiable in my family. And uh, I've decided to take it up a notch this year. I'm going to try to read something like 50 books in a year, which I know is almost not going to happen, but it's the journey and not the, the end result. So... Um, I, I was just curious if you had any type of you know pop culture related New Year's resolutions or just any resolutions in general you wanted to touch on. So uh, what
0: I try to do is ever since I've started doing this podcast with you uh, to try to watch a bit more millennial stuff, because otherwise I just watch everything from like the 70s and 80s. As you know, I just right. watch meatballs over and over again. And, you know, I got to expand my horizons a little. <laughs> so uh, one of the things I did recently and we talked about it on the podcast was I started watching Breaking Bad with my wife and so my new year's resolution is i want to binge watch that as soon as we get done off the air tonight me and you because i want to just binge watch the last season. we've made it through four seasons got to the end of season four i don't want any spoilers from you Nancy. i know you've seen mm-hmm. it i got to the end of season four and i'm like okay that's it this this series is over And then I'm like, oh, there's another season left. Like, I can't believe it. Like, it should be over. (laughs) It's like, he's like, okay, I won, you know? And it's like, okay. So like, I just, I have to know what happens in this last season. So that's my New Year's resolution is to watch Breaking Bad, uh, the last season, and just binge watch it all and see how it is. So I
1: strongly endorse that. It's uh, one of my favorite shows of all time, if not my most favorite. And uh, I still I still have moments, Chris, where I randomly mourn the loss of Breaking Bad being over. Like I'm dead serious. Like it, it has that much meaning for me. So I'm, I'm totally on board with that.
0: It's really, really good. And, you know, I don't, you know, talk like too anything. highly. Yeah, I don't talk too highly <laughs> about too many millennial <laughs> things. Maybe we should do a show on Breaking Bad sometime once I get done. We'll do it.
1: I'd love that. Yep, and then sure. we'll, we'll
0: also do a show on um, Stranger Things two and we'll bring on our buddy Nate talking. So we'll, we'll I'll I'll give in. I'll watch a couple more millennial things and we'll talk about it. But uh in the meantime, let's get started with this. All right, let's do it. I wanted to go back and watch the love book. I'm going to give you a lot of reasons to think I'm nerdy tonight.
1: I've never actually watched Alf. Jerry Seinfeld's mother.
0: We were actually just talking about Alf in my house
1: last week. And I knew you'd be on my side about all this. Chris,
0: he normally has the textbook answer. The love book. He obviously has not
1: read the science fiction textbook. Very cool. But is it, Chris? But is it cool? I'll settle oh, down, young yeah. man. I do love this movie. And yes, Yancey, it is cool, by the way. <laughs>
0: Okay, so Yancy, do you want to kick things off for us? Just we'll just kind of go back and we'll just have a conversation. We obviously every year goes by, we lose a lot of um, you know pop culture icons, you know, through the mm-hmm. course of the year, and I think it's important to look back and kind of touch base on some of those people who that we lost and what they meant to us personally. So do you want to kick things off? In, uh, in sure. no particular order, we're not going to try and you know work our way up or work our way down. Just just let's just throw some names out there and talk about people that meant a lot to us.
1: Okay, sure. Um, So this one, it's kind of like a blanket where I'm this, you know, my first foray into this conversation is I just want to touch base on a couple of names that weren't necessarily super huge to me as far as like, I wasn't really into these people because it was before my time before my prime, like growing up or anything. But they were names that were so iconic with like film and pop culture. And for all of them to kind of pass in the same year, it was it was actually kind of wild. But like the names like Mary Tyler Moore and Don Rickles, you know, those are names that I've known. Forever. And I really can't tell you like a ton of the works like I know about Mary Tyler Moore show. But the fact that she passed away, um, who are some other ones like Jerry Lewis, like people that I had seen and I knew of on TV that had passed away forever. And I know just like from speaking with family and stuff, this this kind of hit them a lot more than it did me It's just seeing people that were so synonymous with TV and they had their hands in so many different projects and they had Longevity, you know, that's what I think of whenever I think of these three names. Is just they were on TV for so, so, so long. I know there's a lot of lesser actors and actresses and and celebrities and TV hosts and whatnot, where they kind of had a really short run. It was a very, very short amount of time that you'd see them on TV or in movies. But these were three names that were just so iconic, and you know, t- to go on their IMDb page and just see all the stuff that they're involved in, it's kind of crazy that that they were gone. Um, I remember watching the opening monologue that Jimmy Kimmel did one night on his show. And I don't know if you watch uh, Jimmy Kimmel. I, I don't think you do, Chris, do you? No, not really. I like Jimmy Kimmel. I used to I used to watch
0: him when he was on Win Ben Stein's Money. And yep. I used to think, yep. man, that guy's funny. And then he did The Man Show with Adam Carolla. Man, those guys made me laugh. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel is yep, one please. of the funniest people going. And now that he's gotten – he's almost gotten a little bit more political and things like that too And his thing. I like him a lot. I think he's a good guy. I-
1: I like him too. I um you know, like we've talked about this too. Like I'm the biggest David Letterman fan. I'm the I'm the, the Dave Letterman apologist and I feel like this this new crap of late night hosts is kind of weak and they kinda pander to people and they, they go for like the easy stuff, but I'll give Jimmy Kimmel credit. He does a lot of stuff that isn't immensely popular or isn't universally accepted. You know, like you said, like going super political and 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 challenging things, which I just genuinely appreciate. But he did an opening monologue where he talked about Don Rickles and about how they became friends just because Don Rickles knew how big it was to host The Tonight Show, how big it was, or not The Tonight Show, but just a late night show in general. And uh, just like the, the, the stories that he had back and forth about how he would send him you know flowers whenever he would host the oscars and uh, all the jokes that he would make just like what a, a like an awesome person he kind of was and you you get this idea of people just because of the parts that they play that that's how they are in real life and you know Don Rickles was always kind of like this ornery just like this surly dude in a lot of the parts that he played but in actuality like he was this genuinely warm like soul and that's kind of what Jimmy Kimmel was talking about like i said it's kind of weird for me to mention these names but i kind of grouped them together simply because like they were all in like this era and just the fact that they lasted as long as they did, I just wanted it to be acknowledged.
0: Mm-hmm. No, and I'm, a few of those names will will come up for sure. Uh, so one name that I want to throw out there is Richard Hatch. And I'm not talking about the guy from the first season of Survivor. Survivor. No, no, <laughs> not the millennial Richard Hatch, Yancey, but the Gen X Richard Hatch. Yes, the one and only Apollo from Battlestar Galactica. Not the millennial Battlestar Galactica, Yancey, but the Gen X Battlestar Galactica. Uh, this is getting too complicated. I tell you, when I was a kid... I loved watching Battlestar Galactica on Sunday nights at eight o'clock. It was on like, so we're talking like 1978, 1979. Richard Hatch played Apollo and he died in 2017, the past year. And I'm sad. I was, as a kid, I absolutely loved that TV show. I've mentioned that before on the podcast, if you remember. And <clears throat> I just really, really liked that show a lot. And so Richard Hatch was on there with Dirk Benedict. They were brothers, Apollo and Starbuck. And Richard Hatch died this past year. And so for me, it was like a piece of my childhood. kind of went away because I really, mm-hmm. really, really loved that show a lot. So he's one of the lesser names, like I mentioned, uh, off the top of the show that I think he deserves a little bit of a shout out. So I wanted to give him a shout out.
1: So I'm Googling him as you talk about him, which I do with most things that you mention, because I it just I don't know what they are. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't even recognize his face. Like I'm looking at the parts and stuff that He's like, <clears throat> I haven't. Seen Battlestar Galactica he, he basically all. he like,
0: basically didn't do anything else. He did Battlestar Galactica. And that was about it. Before that, he was like on a, he was did some soap operas. um, And that was about it. He was a soap mm-hmm. opera actor. You know, he auditioned for that part. Got it. You know, he was good in that kind of typecast in it, wasn't it? Wasn't it the greatest actor? That's for sure. It was just something about that show. I don't know what it was because I was a big Star Wars fan when it came out, obviously in '77, and I was mesmerized by Star Wars as any seven-year-old would be. You know, at the time, and so anything even space-related, I would watch. And Battlestar Galactica was a big one for me. I always liked it.
1: So really interesting. Curious. How long did Battlestar Galactica run? Oh, like two seasons. And then they came out
0: with Battlestar Galactica 1980 and they were on earth and they drove around in motorcycles and it was really,
1: really bad. Interesting. Okay. Um, Well, that is a deep cut. And you're you're right. The only thing that you said before the show was that, yeah, I'm going to name some names that you are definitely not going to make, (laughs) uh, you know, the show, which I appreciate. So. Um, All right. So I guess I'll talk about my next one. And uh, we I I did mention him in a past show as well. And it's uh, Chester Bennington. He's the lead singer of Linkin Park. Um, This is one of those bands where it was kind of I I hate using the whole like rap rock because it's kind of got like this weird name because it didn't age particularly well as a genre. But Linkin Park was one of the pioneers of that. They were this alternative metal, new metal, hard rock, rap rock kind of thing. However you want to, I don't know, package it, you know, to make it kind of, you know, understandable to people who don't really listen to the music. But um, Linkin Park for the last 25 years has quietly been like one of the biggest bands of, you know, in the entire world. They've literally sold tens of millions of records. Uh, Critical acclaim by a lot of theirs, like their albums *Meteor*, Meteora and Hybrid Theory were one of the best, you know, most listened to albums of my youth. And it's, it's really weird, um, you know. It's weird whenever people like this pass away. Just because you feel like certain memories, where they were kind of like at the, they were the soundtrack to your life, because you were just listening to them while things were going on, and it makes you think back to all of those things. And you know, I, I, I feel like nostalgia is sometimes overrated but sometimes it's actually exactly what you need it's just to think back on things and think of them fondly and uh, you know the nature in which he died was was super super sad because this is a guy who was in his early 40s uh seemingly on top of the world and has a wife has i think five or six kids like this is a family man super loving does tons of stuff for charity and um you know obviously was struggling with a, a lot of mental demons and actually hung himself which is really really confounding um it's just sad to think about it and I, I don't have like a this whole show is gonna be awkward like this because it's just weird to like wrap a bow on something that you're saying but it was just really sad because um you know this was somebody that was so seminal to basically everybody around my age group everybody listened to lincoln park they were edgy they were different um you know and like i said they, they blended so many different musical elements uh, at one point he was actually the lead singer of stone temple pilots which i didn't I don't know if you're familiar with them much, but um, he he did a couple of like uh, alternate projects and stuff that were pretty good. Not not very you know commercially successful, but I just always thought he was an immense talent. He could scream. He could do clean vocals amazingly. And I'm just really kind of sad that he's gone. I don't know if you've ever got the chance to listen to Lincoln Park music, Chris. Have you not really? No, no. Uh, well, it's 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 interesting. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that you'd enjoy it. But uh, like I said, there was a time there with one of the biggest bands in the world. And,
0: and so why do you think I wouldn't enjoy it?
1: Uh, just because there's a lot of screaming, it's kind of, it's, it's a little heavier, <laughs> yeah, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, such is life.
0: A lot of screaming in it, so I'm not going to like that. Um, yeah. <clears throat> are you familiar with George A. Romero and his work at all? I am um, not. Okay, so one of the movies I am going to get you to watch is 1968's Night of the Living Dead, when we go back to some of our movies when we challenge each other. It's, right. I've mentioned it on the podcast before when we talked about horror movies. It's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. It was directed by George A. Romero. And it was sort of one of the original zombie movies. And the cool thing with the movie was, is he made it on like, for like 35 grand, you know, like, you know, back in 68, that was more than, you know, more than than today's 35 grand. But still, he made it for nothing, right? And he went to Pittsburgh, and he got like local cops to be in it. And he got, you know, he got some actors, and he got some other people just to be extras and stuff in it. And it was so, so phenomenal. It's a minimalistic movie. It is so it's just so good, man, and it's black and white. So um, I don't know if you'll be able to sit through a black and white movie, Yancy, or not. Um, maybe we can play Linkin Park in the background and all the screaming; and <laughs> it'll bring up the speed. But uh, George A. Romero died last year, and he, he moved up to he moved up to Canada. He was up here in Toronto. Uh, maybe maybe it was the cold that got him. I don't know, but he was great. And so he not only directed that movie, but then he went on to have this sort of trilogy with Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead, and then he also made a movie, one of my favorite sort of horror comedy movies of all time if you can call it that it was creep show from 1982 have you ever heard of that one I have not, no. Oh man, Creepshow is so good. So he collaborated with um, Stephen King and they wrote a bunch of sort of- Oh, cool. S- s- the kind of short sketches in it. And-, and it's almost like reading a comic book. It kind of morphs into like comics and kind of comes back and it's kind of funny in places and spoofy in other places and scary as hell in other places. Like it's really, really good. Georgie Romero is kind of the godfather of a lot of stuff that's going on now. Like when you watch things like The Walking Dead and things like that, The Walking Dead would not exist if it was not for George Romero. Marrow. And so for that reason, I got to give him a shout out because he was an influential guy and and I liked a lot of his work.
1: I like the deep cuts, Chris. I really do. Uh, This is two for two that I haven't heard of, but uh, I Mm -hmm. I like where your heart's at. I do. Um, Okay, so the next one for me, uh, as soon as I say this, people are going to like roll their eyes or whatever. But I want to lay out exactly why I'm mentioning Mm -hmm. him. And it's Hugh Hefner. Uh, So just as a, as an aside, I've never purchased a Playboy. I may have seen one or two oh, in on, my yes. entire life, oh, but I've never on. I've never personally owned a Playboy magazine. I just okay?
0: I just read them for the I just get it for the articles
1: for the articles, right? Yeah. Like everybody else, yeah. <laughs> These are gentlemen that read Playboy, <laughs> correct? Yeah, of um, so I I ended up actually doing a lot instead, of instead. I usually up. I usually
0: pick up a couple copies of Swank or Forty Plus. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Or a Jugs magazine exactly. or something, right? I'm trying to think of like the like the grungy, nasty ones. Um, oh, <laughs> anyways, so I like I said, after he had died, I, I kinda had like a post mortem where I was reading a bunch of think pieces and articles from, you know, a bunch of my favorite writers who were just kind of reflecting on, you know, why he was so culturally significant and I didn't really understand what he kind of meant to uh, not just a feminist movement but also free speech. And then doing, you know, a lot of background on it, I I kind of found out that like this guy was really involved with like politics and with civil rights and stuff. Um, in uh, 1966, he sent a a writer, a black woman, to interview George Lincoln Rockwell. So he was one of the founders of the American Nazi Party, and uh, you know, people would would basically give him the title of like the American Hitler. So I thought it was incredibly like daring that here Hugh Hefner would literally send a journalist who was African American in descent and That was a person he chose to interview them. And, you know, the interview itself was, you know, very, very interesting. Um, There were things like, you know, he was arrested for, you know, producing uh, like lewd conduct. Basically, back in those days, you could be arrested for doing such things as like posting nude photos of women. So like it's was was he a little exploitative? Was he basically getting rich off of the you know, the backs and legs, no pun intended, of, like, women, um, possibly. But I also feel like there was a part of him that very much did care for the issue as far as, like, promoting social issues, prog- you know, promoting uh, progressive, you know, values and and really giving people a voice who didn't have a voice before. Um, and it gave me, like, this whole newfound appreciation for him that I, I had never known was there. So, like, this is a guy who, honestly, he risked a lot. He took chances. And uh, it was at the expense of, you know, his own... Uh, public uh, reputation, and he, you know, he put in his own money these things. Like it was a huge gamble at the time. Whenever there was all this legal gray area as to what he was doing, if he was violating, spree- um, you know, all these these different laws and stuff. It's just the fact that he was a pioneer during a time in the 60s whenever it was very, very scary to be an activist of any type. And, you know, like I said, was it possibly exploitative? Was his intentions 100% true? I'm not 100% sure either, but I just love the fact that there's two sides to every person. And depending on what aisle you fall on, um, you know, this man was either a hero or an absolute devil. But um, I just thought it was really interesting. And all the, the things that I read about people quoting about how pivotal he was to civil rights. I just wanted to kind of give him a nod. So again, I'm not like this dude that like collects vintage playboys or something, but I I just thought he needed a nod.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't like those guys that collect vintage playboys either. (laughs) So I, by by, by the way, I mentioned, um, I mentioned George A. Romero and I would be, I would be remiss if I didn't also mention Toby Hooper because Toby Hooper died last year and he was a great director too. And he directed um, the classic horror movie, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. I'm talking about the original, not the one that, not the remade millennial one there, Yancey, but the one from 1974. S- right, I have so seen So good. Much. And he also directed Poltergeist. Uh, and again, not the remake crap, but the one from 1982. Um, he didn't do a lot. Didn't direct other than those two movies. Like, he did The Funhouse, and that was about it, really. And, but... God, he just, he was good. He had a really, really cool style. And I think just for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre alone, he deserves a shout out. But a couple of other guys I want to talk about are two game show hosts, okay? Um, a very, very different ends of the spectrum. Uh, one is a Canadian, Monty Hall. Have you ever heard of Monty Hall? He's from Winnipeg.
1: I have not heard of Monty he was Hall.
0: The ho- he was the host of the long-running game show, Let's Make a Deal. And again, not the Millennial Let's Make a Deal, but the Gen X Let's Make a Deal. And he was, like I say, he was from Winnipeg. He's Canadian. Great voice. Like, outstanding voice. Great personality. Like, he's just this unbelievably likable guy. So if you get a chance, you can go on to YouTube, uh, Yancey, and just look up, like, Mon- Monty Hall. On Let's Make a Deal is so good. I like Wayne Brady. You know, he does the new one. Wayne Brady's yep. awesome. You know, um, Whose Line Is It Anyway is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. But Wayne Brady's good. But man, Monty Hall, oh, he was so good. And the other guy I want to just mention was Chuck Barris. So Chuck Barris did this show back in the 70s called The Gong Show. OK, and it's, mm-hmm. it was quite a pop culture staple at the time. So what they did, Yancey, was they Chuck Barris was the host. OK, and they it was sort of if you really think about it in a lot of ways, it was kind of like the the original reality show, because what they did, what they did was they had a panel of three people. JP Morgan was always on the panel. She was like a nobody. It was like all these zealous celebrities. And so these three people were on this panel and they would bring regular people on the show. It was like a talent show. And they would bring people on to do whatever talent that they wanted. They'd come on and they would juggle, or they would come on and sing, or whatever. And then the, the three people in the panel would either wait and let them finish, and then give them a rating, like 1 to 10, and then... Whichever right. one had the most points at the end won a prize, right? Or they would get up and gong them. If they were so bad they wanted them off the show, they'd hit this great big huge gong. Gong and then I meant they they had to stop and then they pull them off
1: the stage. So there's literally a gong. A in gong, the gong show. A huge gong and they'd have to go <laughs> up and gong it.
0: And, okay. and so anyway, so there was it was just a campy, fun, crazy thing. But Chuck Barris was a little bit more than just that. Because Chuck Barris had all this weird stuff going on with him where he was, or he wasn't involved with the CIA, and he was like a spy and all. Like it was just he's so weird. And millennial, there you go. Millennial in two thousand and two, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, with your with your guy Sam Rockwell. You know the movie mm-hmm. I'm talking about. It's about Chuck I know Barris. of it, but it's, I haven't
1: actually seen it. It's,
0: it's a movie about Chuck Barris and about Chuck Barris's life. So you have to look that oh, up. Sometime.
1: Okay. Yes, he yes, was yes, just yes.
0: like this most bizarre guy. And like he was or wasn't involved in all this stuff. But he was just interesting and definitely a pop culture icon from the 1970s. So I just wanted to give him a shout out as well.
1: Very cool. Um, As an aside, we're going to have to do an in-memoriam to my neighbor's dog if it does not stop barking. Okay. This this, is not good radio, so I'm very sorry.
0: (laughs) We'll just do the 2018 in-memoriam right now.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Uh, <laughs> Rest good. in
0: peace, neighbor's dog.
1: Yep. Um, OK, so this next one, again, not to <laughs> you, know, you, know, um,
0: you know, it also is going to die in 2018. You have one of my wife hears this podcast, my
1: stack of collectible playboys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You're, you're in a good mood tonight. I love it. Oh, yeah. I'm like feeling like this really great energy from you. Oh, I don't nice. know if anybody else will pick up on it, but um, oh, probably okay. not. All right, so for my next one, not to completely uh, lessen and, I don't know, kind of water down – each person's life. But just to throw a couple of names in because it's more or less um, not all of them was like super, super important to me individually. But I wanted to acknowledge them just because from a musical standpoint, they were very, like, very important. Um, Malcolm Young, which I know you probably listen to ACDC. Malcolm Young, he was, I believe, the electric guitarist and he was one of the original founders of the band. He was with them for a long time. He passed away this year. Yeah, he was the rhythm uh, guitar player. He was really the backbone of that band. Yeah, rhythm guitar, sorry. Yeah. Um so uh Greg Allman from the Allman Brothers, um I first discovered them from Guitar Hero, um, playing Jessica and then you know, unearthed you, their whole catalog.
0: A little, little piece of trivia for you, did you know that he was once married to Share?
1: I did not know that Oh, Holy there cow. you go. No, okay. That was excellent. You should have kept that for trivia, but Yeah. Um uh what about uh Jay Giles? You know, Centerfold was one of oh, the coolest yeah. frisbee songs. Oh, yeah, Freeze Frame's amazing too. Um a very underrated. So we, what, you're just
0: bringing up centerfold because of my stack of playboys, right?
1: Yeah, that was yeah. actually a really nice segue. I should have yeah. led with that, and it would have been even more perfect. But um, uh, another couple of musical artists like Chuck Berry, obviously he passed away. Uh, we mentioned him before. Fats Domino, uh, and then Chris Cornell, who I also mentioned, uh, he died, and you know he was the lead singer of Audio Slave and Soundgarden. And uh, I think he may have had a couple smaller projects, but one of the coolest voices of the, you know, of the rock movement ever. And uh, I just wanted to give him a nod as well. Um, All these like artists, they they weren't super, super big and they won't get the fanfare that some of the other large artists like, you know, like last year, Prince, you know, I literally talked about him. I think half the episodes we recorded last year. Um, But I just felt like giving them a nod. Um, One last one is Paul O'Neill. I don't know if you've ever heard of or listened to Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Have you, Chris? No. Paul O'Neill used to play with the Yankees as far as I was concerned. Correct. This is a different one. Different um one, yeah. maybe not the exact same one, but Trans-Siberian Orchestra, it's literally just that it is a gigantic orchestra that also integrates like rock and roll, and they have electric guitar and you know a, a, an actual drum set. Um really really interesting music, super cool. I know it's not for everybody, but um there was a period of my time or you know in my life where I was very very interested in in that, and he was the founder and I'm I'm kind of afraid that it's going to um like that whole group is going to be no more just because he he did pass away. And lastly, there's a rapper. He's a, what they call like a SoundCloud rapper where they basically started out by dropping mixtapes for free on SoundCloud, which people could listen to. Um, he has like a bunch of face tats or he had a bunch of face tats and um, rapped a lot about like substance abuse and just, you know, depression. And this was a guy that was obviously really struggling with a lot of issues and a lot of demons. And um, you know, very clearly asking and, and, and hoping for help, and you know, unfortunately, he was 21 years old and overdosed uh, on his tour bus. Somebody that I considered like the next up and coming star in, in rap music, which I I know that sounds kind of hyperbolic, but I genuinely mean that. Like he was super super talented. Um, you know his outward you know appearance was a little jarring to some people. You know he would dye the hair like Eminem, but he also had like literally face tattoos all over him. But really really sound as a technical rapper, and, and he passed away as well. So I hate to like I said denigrate them by kind of lumping them together, but I just wanted to give each one of them their own due.
0: Very right, good. Um, so I'm going to go with two guys that have a very similar name. I want to give these guys a shout out. That's John Hurt and John Hurd. Okay, so so just hear me out on this one. So John, Hurt, one. so John Hurt is a guy I always liked him, and you know him, Yancy, because you liked that movie Alien. Remember Alien? Uh, He's the guy that had the, 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 the thing on his face and then it came out of his stomach. Remember? The face hugger? Yeah. Yeah. So that was John Hurt. And I liked him, too, because he was in a lot of other movies. He was in, um, oh, cheapers. What else did he do that was good? He was actually Aragorn's voice in the animated Lord of the Rings. I mean, that was kind of it was crappy, but uh, but he did do it, which was really important. And he also was in uh, 1984. And But one of my favorite roles that he had was, and he was also with The Elephant Man. He played John Merrick in The Elephant Man man he was good but uh he played jesus in history of the world part one which was mel brooks movie and it's a small part but it was so funny a comedy oh yes it's a comedy it's so memorable he plays jesus in this part so he's at the last supper and then mel brooks is there and mel brooks like is like taking the orders of everybody he's like the waiter and he's taking everyone's order at the last supper and he bangs his foot and he's like oh jesus and then john hurt's like yes and he's like, oh, well, whatever. And then he's like, does something else. And he's like, oh, Christ. And, and Jesus is like, yes. Well, what can I do for you? And it's just this stupid scene back and forth. But I always liked John Hurt because he could do comedy. He could do, you know, uh, serious stuff. So I really, really liked him a lot. And John Hurt, you probably remember best. He was the dad in Home Alone. And he was ah. he, he really broke out a couple years before that when he did Big. He was in Big. But before that, he did all these like kind of sort of second-rate sci-fi movies like Cat People and Chud and stuff like that. And so I knew of them then because I liked those movies. But then when he came out with Big, he kind of became Big. You know, that was his big break, right? Um, but both those guys were good actors, and they were they were in a lot of important stuff for me, you know, and when I was growing up in the 80s. So I wanted to give those guys
1: a shout out. Very cool. You mentioned, uh, what was the film, The Jesus? What was it?
0: The History, history of the World Part One.
1: History of the world part one. Yeah. I, I was just like, I, I always Google stuff as you're talking to so I can make notes of it and right. kinda like go back later and, and, you know, screw around and stuff. Um, I did not realize that Mel Brooks is still alive, still alive and kicking at 91 years old. Not to be like, you know, an air of morbidity to me, but holy cow, like he is still alive. I did yeah. not know that. <laughs> well, there you go.
0: Well, yeah.
1: Yeah. So last one I want to talk about, too. Also, I mentioned I, I forgot to mention one more musical name uh, in the last batch, uh, but Glenn Campbell, not one of my personal favorites, but definitely like a, a country stalwart in my family. Um, I probably know 50 of his songs and can sing them end to end just because uh anytime we'd ever have a family function, uh, we're listening to two things. We're listen, listening to classic rock or we're listening to country. That's just where I come from. That's what my family has always listened to. Um, so just a nod to him as well for, um, you know, pumping out the hits, as you will. As a kid might say, I don't know. Uh, Lastly, there's one person that I was dying to talk about. And um, if you have somewhere, that's fine. You can just kind of rattle them off at the same time. Um, But uh, it's Tom Petty. And I I know that's not a surprise because I've mentioned him a couple times just as I did Prince. You know, for me personally, he's literally on like Yancey's Mount Rushmore, as far as like musical acts that I care the most about. Um and I'm not gonna delve too much into it because I feel like i've I've kind of beat this horse as much as I possibly can. But, um you know, I'm literally sitting here right now, as corny as it sounds, but i'm I'm wearing a Tom Petty, you know, full moon fever t-shirt right now. and uh, it's it's sad that he's gone just because I felt like, you know, he was actually still making a lot of really good music. And um you know, anytime you have a, a an artist or an actor or any, any person that was involved in some piece of pop culture, like you're you're mentioning some really esoteric stuff, at least to me, right. Stuff I've never heard of. Right. But the reason why you're, you're, you're mentioning these people is because you had like a very visceral, a very real, um, you know, ethereal connection to whatever it was that they were a part of. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, Tom Petty is a little different because he is very famous and a lot of people know him, but even still, like I, and, and I've said this before, but I always feel like Tom Petty has been incredibly underrated, Overshadowed by other musical acts of his time, Um, he was always kind of doing things his way, and as such, like he was never like the trendy thing. He was never, you know, making a ton of number one hits. He was just always kind of in the background, and uh, you know, his music, his songwriting, everything is just so incredible. It's just super poignant. It's it's strong. It's visceral. It makes me. I mean, there's so many songs where it just, it literally like hits my heart every single time I hear them. I'll, I'll put on a, you know, I'll I'll go to my Google Play library. I'll type in Tom Petty and I, you know, I own almost every single album he's put out. I'll put it on shuffle and I'll literally just sit there with my eyes closed, Chris, and I will just think of memory after memory after memory of things that I was doing with my family or trips that we were going on or, you know what I mean? Just, just, it, it, it just transports me back into a place and in, in a time and um, like I've mentioned, you know, Leonard Skinner. That's the group that me and my dad always bonded over. I always bonded with my mom over Tom Petty It's still her favorite artist and I remember like her finding out about it. She was she was pretty distraught and um, I just want to give him his due. I, I think he's cool I think he his aesthetic is something that I really appreciate it was always about simplicity about really really strong songwriting about doing more with less um, you know, he was a phenomenal guitar player who always kind of downplayed his skills and, you know, an incredibly humble, interesting, you know, just purely American artist. And uh, I am going to miss the piss out of him, to be completely honest with you. Him and Prince, like these last couple of years, like I it's it's just uh, it's tough to deal with. It's tough to talk about. Um, I, I know I, people just roll their eyes every time I keep talking about the same people. But this one hit me especially hard. It was one of the worst things that happened to me in 2017. And, you know, I'm still I'm still doing repairs to my house from the last hurricane. So that kind of tells you like how important it was to me. But uh, I'm rambling. So uh, what else have you got?
0: Uh, I've got a bunch more. Can I I get a bunch more and I'll get your reactions to them? Yeah, absolutely. Was that sort of your last big one that you had?
1: Yeah, I I mean, I just have a bunch of names where it was more like I knew yeah. of them, but they didn't really have a lot of relevance to me. So like I, I said, if you would just want to go ahead and start rattling off I'm going to rattle
0: some off and I want to get your opinions on this. So as you know, I am I was a huge fan of Happy Days and Fonzie and I loved all that stuff. And Erin Moran was on that show, you know, and she played Joni, And, you know, it, she was an interesting person because she was very, very talented. And she was obviously a big part of my childhood because I loved Happy Days so much. And then she went on to do Joni's Love is Chachi and then it got canceled. And then it was, she's kind of... Um, I wouldn't say a sad story, but, like, just sort of a, a an example of where child stars in Hollywood can just, you know, sometimes not just go, go wrong. She never did anything wrong. She never got into drugs or anything like that. But she did become quite depressed because she couldn't find work and that sort of thing. And just things just didn't go for her very well for her, you know. And, you know, I think maybe she did party a bit hard, but, you know, like, it wasn't... Like it was she didn't certainly didn't die from a drug overdose or anything like that, but she did die young last year. She was like fifty six years old, and uh, so that one was kind of sad because she was a big part of my childhood. You mentioned a couple of other ones like Jerry Lewis and stuff. Like and Judge Wapner died. Did you ever watch the People's Court?
1: Uh, again, that's another pop culture reference where I know of it, but never actually right. watched it myself. Um, yeah. and
0: he was so cool because he was just like when you watched The People's Court, that was a staple in the 80s of pop culture. And when you watched that show, and this was before Judge Judy and all that crap came out, right? He was the original one. And the thing with him that made him so cool was you couldn't believe this guy was a judge. He just looked like he looked like someone's dad. It's like hey, someone's dad is on the bench like adjudicating all these cases and it was kind of cool. Um mm-hmm. I want to obviously we got to kind of give a mention to Adam West. It was before my time, you know. That was in the 60s when he did Batman. It was before my time, but obviously you know, I was aware of him, you know, and, you know, he was obviously a big deal in terms of pop culture. Um, One that was kind of close to me is Heather Menzies. So Heather menzies Urich was her name when she died. And so Heather Menzies was, she was in The Sound of Music. She played one of the the kids. But the movie that she was in that just meant so much to me was in 1978, Piranha, the original Piranha. I love that movie. And she was in that. And I just, something about her, I just really liked her a lot. And I liked that movie a lot. And uh, then she went on to marry Robert Urich, and then what happened was Robert Urich got cancer. So they started this foundation, and then she ended up dying of cancer this year. So it was kind of a sad thing. But uh-huh. I, I always liked Heather Benzie; she was really cool, and she's Canadian too. So you got to like that. That um, helps. Uh, but a couple other ones I just want to mention briefly is Jim Neighbors. So again, I don't
1: know who any of these people are. So Jim, so Jim <laughs>
0: Neighbors, Yancy was before my time. He was on the Andy Griffith show, and you've heard of the Andy Griffith show. I'm, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, I, I had a lot of family that always called me Barney Fife, okay. and. Uh, because they said I looked like him when I was a kid, which was I, I assumed was hurtful. And then I went and looked it up. And yeah, it was quite hurtful that they would call me
0: that. <laughs> well, Jim Neighbors played Gomer Pyle on that show. And I was actually at the 2000 and 2001 Indy 500 races with a buddy of mine. Uh, the guy, my, my buddy that's in radio in Toronto, Rob, you know, he used to do the drops for us on the on the podcast. Um, yep. So he's like a huge like auto racing fan, right? So he took me down to the Indy in 2000, 2001. And Jim Neighbors opens up the race by singing Back Home Again in Indiana. And I was like, "Oh my god!" I was just so pumped because Jim Neighbors was there. And of all the things he did, though, my favorite—the one that meant a lot to me—was he played Lugs Harvey in Stroke Race in 1983. It was a Burt Reynolds movie. It was like this dumb movie, but there's something about that movie I've always loved. He won a Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Supporting Actor <laughs> that year, but I just loved him as Lugs Harvey. I just—he was just so likable. And I've got a question for you, Yancey. Sure. For okay, James Bond. Right. Who, I've heard of them. who yeah. is your favorite James Bond? There's been lots of James Bonds over there. So who's your favorite?
1: Um, I don't know. I guess, Craig, just because I I don't I don't have a great relationship with the older Bond movies. I actually like the last couple ones that have come out, like the the Quantum of Solace and Casino mm-hmm. Royale. I thought that those were kind of cool, like low key, you know, Bond was more like a I don't know, like less descript kind of, you know, real Feeling it wasn't like super campy and fake. I guess does that make sense? I know it's like yep. not a sexy answer, but I guess it would be Daniel Craig.
0: Yeah, they they always say that the best James Bond is the James Bond that you grew up with. Well, you know what? I grew up with Roger Moore, and he died last year. And in my mind, he was the best. And I'm not just saying that because I grew up with him. I'm I've seen them all. I've seen all the bonds from the very first one from Sean Connery right up to to Craig and. Roger Moore was the best. There's no question. He brought humor to the role. and But he was all those other things that makes James Bond, James Bond. Like, he was cool, but he was tough. You know, he was suave with the ladies. And, and I have another question for you. So what would you say your favorite James Bond movie is? You think it's, like, Skyfall or something like that, one of the more recent um. ones?
1: Um... I I don't know, Chris. Honestly, I don't have I don't have a great relationship with it. I mean, I guess Casino Royale. Yeah, just because, uh, because there's of, so much like poker in it. And it's it's kind of like a cool and recent. You know, there's multiple biased. scenes with them playing cards and stuff. But yeah, right. But.
0: Right. I guess because it was recent. Mine is For Your Eyes Only with Carol Bouquet and Topol is in it. And Julian Glover was in there, too, who you millennials will know. He's from Game of Thrones. He was Grand Meister And I loved For Your Eyes Only. I and He's I, also in Star Wars, too, isn't he? Julian Glover. I don't know if he might have been. I don't know. He could have very well have been. Uh, Yes, he was in The Empire Strikes Back. Yes, yes, yep. yes, yes. They're right. He had a little tiny role in that. That's right. Oh yeah, good, good one on you. Good on you. So, but Roger Moore, he was a, he was a good one for me. You mentioned Don Rickles. Don Rickles is one of the funniest human beings that ever lived. And I think if you had only knew Don Rickles from those, because back in the fifties and sixties, he did these like beach blanket movies. He was in a couple of those. And then and then you can't watch that stuff. It's dumb. His, mm-hmm. the stuff he did when he would do those. You know how they have celebrity roasts now. You know how they, they yes. have the roast to Shatner yes. and stuff. Well, back in the sixties, they used to do those as well. Even back in the fifties, they used to do, do them. And he was the grand master of all the whoever ever did those roasts. Don Rickles was the best. I think you need to go on YouTube and find some Don Rickles stuff. <laughs> he was so funny. There was something about his face, his look, his delivery, everything. He had it all. When he used to go on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, I would watch as a kid and laugh my my head off. Do you remember watching? Um, Oh, um, I'm just trying to think, uh, Haverchuk. Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks. Thank you very much. Sorry. I escaped me there for a second. On Freaks and Geeks, there's a, there's a scene where Haverchuk, um, he's watching, um, Gary Shandling and he's laughing and laughing and laughing. I used to do that with Don Rickles. I'd watch Don Rickles on the Tonight Show and laugh and laugh and laugh, like falling off my chair. Don Rickles was so funny. Oh my God. He was good. Um, but the the, the last one that I just wanted to mention was one that you kind of mentioned earlier, but I think we got to give some more props here if you don't mind. And that's, sure, no, and absolutely. I'd like to explain why this person is so important. And that's Mary Tyler Moore. So it was such a different time, Yancey. I'm telling you, back, back when I was a kid, like when I was in school, and I don't know if they still do this or not, but such a different time. When I was in school, something I always remembered was the female teachers were always referred to as Miss or Mrs., which told you right off what their marital status was. And right. it's it's like back in those days, you could only address a female, you know, by stating whether or not they were married. It's just times were very, very different, Yancey. And, you know, so that's kind of like the, the the situation of the way things were back then. And back then there was only a handful of TV stations, right? So creative control was basically centralized in the hands of a very, very small group of people made up pretty much entirely of old white men. And right. then along came Mary Tyler Moore and everything changed everything changed. Before that, men headlined TV shows. Men were the stars. And all the sitcoms used to take place in like New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago. That was it. And then along came Mary Tyler Moore. She was the star of the show. She was the headliner. It didn't take place in New York or LA or Chicago. It was in Minneapolis of all places. And best of all, Mary was single and a single working woman. And it sounds crazy to millennials it'll sound nuts to you but that was completely groundbreaking at the time it was like you just didn't see that you didn't see a single working woman on tv like it just wasn't it just wasn't something you saw and the coolest thing was is that it wasn't just like this fad or this gimmick on tv the show was amazing like it was really good the mary tyler moore show is one of the best sitcoms in the history of television it was so so good yancey Probably the single most influential television show in the history of the medium, and I'm not exaggerating. Oh wow! I tend to exaggerate on a lot of things, but no, like it was unbelievably influential. the 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 the, the writing and it was so good. the the actors that played all the parts were so good, and the way they interacted, and the fact that the before that the star was the star of the show. Mary Tyler Moore was the star of the show, but she shared screen time with everybody. She shared stories with everybody, and those people were important too. And it was just. So good. I remember a couple of years ago, remember when TV land, I don't think TV land is around anymore, Yancy, but remember when TV land was around and
1: kicking? Did you ever watch TV land? Um, I never really had cable growing up, but yeah. again, knew of it, but never personally had. Well, it. Well,
0: I remember a number of years ago, maybe 10 years ago now, they, um, they did a tribute to her. And they had all these like celebrities come and do this big tribute to Mary Tyler Moore. And she was there and all of her co-stars were there and stuff. And I remember, I'll never forget, Eric McCormack came out on stage and he sang a song to her. And it was just simply titled Mary Tyler Moore. And I'll never forget, as he's singing the song to her, he's just got these tears streaming down his face. And you had to realize, because you realize as you watch him singing that Mary Tyler Moore influenced a generation of people including him, including everybody. And her impact on TV will never, ever be equaled, I don't think ever, in my opinion. That's how important she was. So for me, I really, really wanted to give a shout out to her because she was one special person that we will never, ever forget. So do me a favor and go and look her up somewhere. Look up. I'll, I've i got a DVD somewhere with some episodes. You know what I'll do? I'll courier it down to you. How's that? And just watch it. And just, I want to know what you think. I think we need to have a show on Mary Tyler Moore. I want you to watch it as a millennial. And, and it will be interesting because you might look at it and go, oh, this is dumb. You know, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you would. I think that you would probably acknowledge. I think we got to do this as a show because I really want to get your, you know, your impression on that. So
1: I'd love to, because like I said, I. You know, I, I don't want to sound like I'm just like I just mentioned her solely because I knew that she used to be famous and I wanted like bonus points or something. But um, I've I've heard her referenced so many different times. I've read so much stuff about her about like you said she was more of a movement. She was more of like a um, you know just like a like a, a way to open doors for a lot of other people. And like you mentioned, like the whole like misses versus miss type of thing. You know, I remember that whenever I was a kid in elementary school, I had this one teacher where if I said. I'm not going to say her name, but I'd say like Miss, you know, Smith or something. She'd always go Mrs. Smith, like really, really nasty. And Uh I didn't even understand the distinction between the two. Like you said, it it is weird that like a woman's identity used to be so tied up in the fact that, you know, whatever her... Her marital status was. And, I know that's you know, just the way it was in entertainment, yeah. Yeah, opportunities in entertainment for like a single woman were really, really limited. And, you know, so I would love to, I'd love to revisit it to find some old tapes or something, some old interviews, you know, just old episodes of her show and actually kind of see what the big deal was about because I've heard her reference so many times. And, you know, she was even in a, a Weezer song, you know what I mean? Like yep. that's, that's, that's crazy buddy. Holly, like, you know, what, what do you think about that? You know, it's, yep. a, uh, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where I feel like w- like painfully ignorant to something that was obviously very very important you know what I mean a lot of the stuff that you mentioned Chris like no offense it's like like I said it's deep cuts and it's stuff that is very very specific to just you but this is something that I know was big and I know that I should I should know more about it
0: Yeah, so I'll educate you on it like I say I'll make you watch it I just I want to I want to know a millennial's take on what you think of the quality of the show the quality of the writing kind of how everything kind of plays out because it holds up a couple of years ago I was on a flight uh, I, think I was heading down to New York for something and one of the, the options was a TV show play to watch you had a screen in the 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 seat in front of you and so there was a mary tyler moore episode so i put it on and watched it. i was like oh my god is that show good man all these many years later it's still the best ever on tv it's so good uh anyway uh you want to maybe take some time now to do some trivia i got some trivia i got something different for you tonight you want to try something new yeah let's do it okay let's go fun with yancy (laughs) all right so what we're going to do is i'm going to mention a name we're going to keep things very simple I'm just going to throw a name out there. And all you got to do, Yancey, is tell me if they're alive or dead. That's it? That's it. Tell me, is this person alive or is this person dead? The first one that was on my list, you already kind of mentioned. So, you know, you always throw it back to me whenever I kind of ruin your trivia questions. But the first one I was going to ask you about was Mel Brooks. <laughs> and it's funny enough you yes. didn't know you didn't even know but <laughs> so i would have got you with that one mel brooks is alive yes he yes is. very so, much okay. alive i got one for you remember this could be like any kind of celebrity right so this this uh, very very famous opera singer luciano pavarotti he was a pop culture icon for many years is luciano pavarotti alive or dead i'm gonna say he's dead he is he died in 2007 very good okay Carlos Santana. I'm not talking about the baseball player. I'm talking about the guitar player. Carlos Santana. Very much alive. Very much alive. Very good. Yes, he is alive. Okay. Jackie Chan. Is Jackie Chan alive or dead? (laughs) He's very
1: much alive as well. Oh,
0: very good. Okay. We're going to go with Pat Morita. Do you know who Pat Morita is? I don't. He was on Happy Days, but you'll know him especially as Mr. Miyagi. Pat Morita, alive or dead? He is dead. Yes, he is. 2005. Olivia Newton-John from Greece. Is Olivia Newton-John alive or dead?
1: I think she passed away just a few years ago, didn't she?
0: Oh, she'll be so disappointed to hear. She's still alive.
1: Oh, this is dark. (laughs) Kirk Douglas. Is Kirk Douglas
0: alive or dead? He's alive. Yes, he is. Yes. Grim Weeper is waiting in traffic. He's 101, but he's alive.
1: <laughs> Wait, is he that old? Oh, Jesus. yeah.
0: Yeah. OK, so Ike Turner. You remember Ike Turner? Is Ike Turner alive or dead? He is dead. Yes, he is. 2007. Yeah. Mickey Rooney. Little Mickey Rooney. Is Mickey Rooney alive or dead? There's no way he's still alive. Yeah, you're right. He died in
1: 2014.
0: <laughs> what about Sidney Poitier? Oh, one of my favorite actors of all times was Sidney Poitier. Is he alive or dead?
1: I was going to say, is she still alive? So I obviously don't know who this is. So
0: <laughs> You don't know who Sidney Poitier is? They call I've me never Mr. Heard Tibbs.
1: That. Oh, man, I tell you. Oh, man,
0: I tell you. Anyway, do you think Sidney Poitier is alive or dead?
1: I'm going to say alive. Yes, you are correct. Oh, thank God. I'm so glad to hear you, that. You
0: were once compared to this person, and that's Don Knotts. Okay? Is Don Knotts alive or dead? Dead. Uh, yes, that is correct. Angela. Rest in peace, Don. Angela Lansbury. Is Angela Lansbury alive or dead?
1: Who is Angela Lansbury? She was on Murder, She Wrote. Oh, she's dead. Nah, no, she's alive.
0: Oh. One of, one of your favorites <laughs> of all time. One of your favorites of all time, yeah, see, Fred Rogers. Is Fred Rogers alive or is Fred Rogers passed away?
1: Fred Rogers is unfortunately dead. Yes, that's correct.
0: Elizabeth Taylor, the great Elizabeth Taylor, the legendary Elizabeth Taylor, mm-hmm. alive or dead?
1: Unfortunately, she passed away a few years ago, didn't she? Yes, she did. And finally,
0: he died in Star Wars and came back as a ghost. But Sir Alec Guinness, is he alive or dead?
1: He is also dead. Yes, he is.
0: Okay, so you did pretty good. That was the the, the darkest, most grimmest <laughs> trivia we ever had. <laughs> but Chris, you, you did very well.
1: This trivia is so twisted because you literally asked me if someone's dead and then i say or i will say that somebody's dead and you confirm it and i'm excited like yes they're dead <laughs> yes. you know <laughs> I, I nailed it i got a point yeah <laughs> this is this is weird this is a weird social experiment for yeah, sure yeah exactly well, well you know how it is
0: so you millennials you're all like morbid so i thought you'd like that kind of thing so
1: hold well on uh, anyway
0: so what we're going to do is we're going to come back next week with a movie so you're going to throw a movie at me so have you thought about a title of a movie that you'd like me to watch and come back next week and discuss and if so what is it
1: I have. uh, This film is from 1998. I did not watch it whenever uh, the year that it came out. In fact, I didn't watch this until I was maybe, I don't know, 20, 21 years old. Um, It is called Rounders. It is from 1998. Like I mentioned, it stars... Uh, Matt Damon among a bunch of other characters and it's a basically about poker it is a poker movie and to make things even better because this this film kind of has like a cult status among people who've played poker you know myself included mm-hmm. and as such I'm going to bring on the worst poker player I have ever met and that is Sammy our buddy Sammy Reed he's going to be coming on the show and we're going to be talking rounders
0: oh nice I like Sammy Sammy's a good guy he's been friends with us for a long time so yeah so Sammy's going to come on and talk about round- so he obviously likes that movie or is it just because he's such a bad poker player I think it's a little bit of both. little from column A a and a little from column B. Yeah, Yeah. okay. (laughs) Sounds good. Okay, so we'll get Sammy on here next week, and we will talk about Rounders. I do not know the movie. I have not seen it. I'm not even familiar with what it is, so I will give it a watch. I will see what it's like. We'll come back next week. We'll talk about that. Until then, this is Chris McBride for Yance Eaton saying thanks for listening to Pop Goes Your World, the pop culture podcast for the generations. Thank you for listening to the Pop Goes Your World podcast. Continue the conversation on Twitter at C McBrien or at Yancey Eaton. Please consider leaving a review for the podcast on iTunes or wherever you download and listen to the show.